This is Casey Hendrickson on News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel, your breaking news and weather station. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's News Channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. If you're looking for a used vehicle, go to rbcarcompany.com. And again, they have locations in South Bend and Warsaw, whatever is most convenient for you. Go to rbcarcompany.com. Of course, let them know that I sent you, please. I don't get anything for that, but it's always nice to have the, the people knowing that their advertising dollars are working well here on MNC. All right, I've got, got a couple of COVID updates for everybody. Uh, the Moderna vaccine, which, again, I keep having to point this out, was the first vaccine. <laughs> they, they were weeks ahead of Pfizer. Pfizer's a much bigger company. And Pfizer was able to push through approval before Moderna. Uh, so Moderna, the FDA has confirmed that Moderna is 94.5% effective, they say. Uh, and for the record, I, I, this, this comes up all the time. Uh, I say something, people don't hear it. They call, they leave a voicemail on the station like they did yesterday, uh, where they completely missed my entire segment, the first hour of the program. But they also, you know, they'll catch a glimpse of something maybe and they won't catch the rest of it. I completely understand if you don't want to take the vaccine. I completely get it. I understand the fears behind it. I understand the logic behind, a, you know, not wanting to take a new vaccine that doesn't have any length of time in the marketplace. I get that. I really do. I am not pushing anybody to get a vaccine. I have never pushed you to get this vaccine or anything else. What I have said is that if you choose not to get it, be prepared for your kids to not be able to go back to school unless they have it. Be prepared to not have a job if you don't get it. Be prepared to not travel on an airplane or any other mass transit unless you have it. As long as you prepare for all of that, and then I don't have to listen to the, I'm super shocked that I'm not allowed to get on an airplane and go to Scotland because I don't have the common pass. Don't do any of that. You have been warned. And what's inevitably going to happen is this is going to become a story. People are going to start sending them to me. We'll start talking about it. And and people will go, I, this just came out of nowhere. I thought this is a free country, yada, yada, yada. This is why when the lieutenant, the lieutenant, I almost said the lieutenant general, uh, lieutenant governor of the state of Indiana, when she was on, was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before. When she was on, I thought it was, that it was very telling that she said, if you choose to get the vaccine, because the vaccine's in Indiana now. For those of you who are in Michigan, you have it as well. Okay, it's just going to take time to get to you. Uh, so, but I thought that that was was very important. So, in the state of Indiana, at least early indications from Lieutenant Governor. Now, Eric Holcomb, the governor, can change his mind on this, but early indications from Lieutenant Governor are that the state of Indiana will respect your rights to not get it. That doesn't mean that you won't run into an issue sending your kid back to school. Doesn't mean you won't run into an issue if uh, you have a relative at an elder care facility who doesn't want to get it that they all of a sudden don't have a place to live. Just be prepared for all of that stuff. I'm not worried about the vaccines. Some of you are, and I completely understand and respect that. The FDA's analysis confirms Moderna's findings that their vaccine is 94.5% effective. Okay. Now, again, Moderna was the first vaccine. Pfizer was the second. They were not the first. Pfizer was the first to get approved after the FDA took two weeks off 
and allowed other countries to go ahead and approve Pfizer because of uh, the connections to Germany there in the European Union. So anyway, Moderna is going to get approved. Uh, they're going to get emergency authorization this week. The U.S. government has just bought 100, 100 million additional doses of the Moderna vaccine. They have 20 million ready to go. So Pfizer, I think they said they had, what, 50 million? Uh, Moderna had 20 million. And they think by the end of the year, they could potentially have in distribution combined about 200 million doses of the vaccine. So that doesn't mean it's going to be distributed. It, it just It just means that potentially... Um, not by the end of the year, excuse me. Um, the end of the year would be about 50 million, but by, by the first quarter, the end of the first quarter of next year, my apologies, they think they can have 200 million doses out there in circulation, uh, which is more than enough for herd immunity, that sort of thing. And again, if you, if you have the antibodies, you know, I, you have to talk with your doctor. You may not need it. You may want to wait if you already had the virus. And, and then you can, you know, the vaccine could be used for somebody who has not been exposed to it and has not had it, and then it would be okay. Um, I know that a lot of people wanted the president to take it. The president's position is, I've already had the, the virus. What do, I, what do I need the vaccine for? Uh, we've also talked with people who pointed out that the antibodies can go away. So sometimes, uh, depending on the person, we don't know if this is a universal thing, but the antibodies can go away in some people. We talked to somebody on Friday, that happened to their wife. Uh, their wife had been donating in order to uh, to help the plasma program. And all of a sudden, they went back one day and the antibodies were gone. So don't know where they went. So they believe that she is susceptible to reinfection at this point. So again, uh, Moderna has been, has been, not approved, but it's been confirmed that it's 94.5% effective and that it will get emergency authorization this week. As a result of that, the U.S. government ordered 100 million additional doses of Moderna. So it's it's ramping up. So we've got two big Western vaccines that are going. AstraZeneca is still out there, but they had much more difficulty in the trial phase than Moderna or Pfizer. And they had to actually shut their trial down. Remember, they had some people get uh, seriously sick. I think a couple of people died. But they're telling everybody that that was unrelated to the vaccine. I don't know. I'm just just telling you what happened. The Moderna thing also might end up being important for those who have an allergy to whatever is in the vaccine that Pfizer puts out. Now, again, if you have an EpiPen, you have a severe allergy like that that requires you to carry a pen with you, Pfizer vaccine is not something you want to take. And the authorities are saying that right now. If you have one of those types of allergies, you're probably not going to want to take it. The Bell's palsy thing, a few people have developed Bell's palsy as a result of the vaccine. That's concerning as well. I don't know if any of those things that are showing up in the Pfizer vaccine now, and those are small cases right now. They're not, you know, they're not the abundance of cases. But I don't know if the Moderna vaccine has any similar side effects as, as the Pfizer vaccine. So we're just, we're not, we're not sure yet. So Moderna is going forward, which means we'll have two active vaccines floating around the country. Then I ran into this. Was this yesterday? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, it was. So I ran into this yesterday. There's a new study out there. There is a ring, a ring for your finger that has been developed that can detect coronavirus. Now, now before you laugh, hold on. Before you laugh. I got to talk to Impress Jewelers. They've got they've got to get this ring in. Before you laugh, 
Let me just kind of explain. I know it sounds like it's a mood ring, pseudoscience, silly thing. I just... Just relax, okay? So the body temperature tracking smart ring can identify possible COVID-19 cases before external symptoms appear, according to a new study. Now, this is a, a company out of Finland. They're called Aura, A-U-R-A. I hope I got that right. They developed the ring in question, which may detect sickness better than a thermometer. It enables early isolation, testing, and infectious disease curbing, according to the University of the People's Republic of California, San Francisco. Interesting stuff. So the UC San Francisco and UC San Diego-led study, they, they had data that was gathered from people wearing the device. Uh, the device costs about 300 bucks, U.S., it recognized accurately when a ring wearer was coronavirus infected, even when no infection was suspected, according to the research. Researchers from both universities, again, that is uh, UC San Francisco and UC San Diego, both universities identified that the ring could detect subtle symptoms in more than three quarters of participants who then subsequently tested COVID-19 positive. It's essentially a smartwatch. But it's a ring. Uh, by the way, just in time for Christmas season 2020, your smartwatch is now obsolete. There's a ring for that. So there, it, your smartwatch, for those of you who have them, the advanced ones, not the cheap ones, the advanced ones do a lot of this already. They can check your body temperature. They can monitor your heart, your sleep patterns, all of that stuff. So... It's not quackery here. I know that a lot of you are flashing back to the mood ring and all of that stuff, but it's really more like smartwatch technology, but it's in a ring package. And apparently they have found that this works. Now, what I find interesting about this, though, while this ring seems to detect COVID in people, and it will be used to detect other things as well. It's just that a lot of the symptoms are obviously overarching. If, if a smartwatch can do what this ring does you might be able to see an app for that pretty quick for your smartwatch which could help monitor that and i'm sure that there's other apps that probably monitor uh for potential illness that are already out there i don't have a smartwatch so i don't know a lot about what apps are available for it um perhaps there's already something out there that might actually kind of work similarly to what this ring does it may not be as effective uh, scientific Reports published the investigation. Now, Scientific Reports is a journal. They published this yesterday as part of a broader observational study that will examine biometric information gathered from more than 65,000 people who are volunteering to wear this ring worldwide, not just in Finland. The company's in Finland, but they're wearing this ring worldwide. 65,000 people. This is not a small sample group. That's a very large scientific sample group. Now, according to the report by The Independent, 10 to 70% of COVID-infected individuals lack outward symptoms the first few days post-infection when they are also the most infectious. They lack uh, the lack of early detection when infected individuals are asymptomatic, something the ringmakers seek to mitigate. Um, now, there's some controversy here because the research, the abundance of research also shows that asymptomatic people don't spread the virus. So I don't know. 
uh, if we're talking about a difference in asymptomatic people who will become symptomatic in those first few days or asymptomatic people in general. There's probably some differences there that just have not been fully analyzed and put out to the public. So it's an interesting ring. Keep an eye on this. It's again, it costs about 300 bucks just under uh, US. It is a company in Finland that is testing this with 65,000 people right now, and it would be able to detect COVID. Obviously, um, you're, you know, it's not going to do you much good by the time this thing is readily available for consumer purchase, but it might be readily available as a, a smartwatch option going forward or some kind of a, a uh, biometric device for your body to detect illness um, going forward, which, you know, who knows what that, that could be used for, including all of the sinister, horrible, awful tinfoil stuff, too. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Hey, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. want to thank you all for tuning in. And you can watch us right now on dlive.tv slash Casey the host. You go to dlive.tv slash Casey the host. Watch the live stream, ladies and gentlemen. All right. A couple of additional stories. Fairfax County. Now, obviously, this doesn't affect you, but I wouldn't be surprised if this starts showing up locally. Fairfax County Public Schools is warning parents that just because kids are at home doing virtual school doesn't mean that snow days are a thing of the past. What? I'm I'm really confused by this. So, a friend on Facebook, this is somebody on Twitter, a friend on Facebook is telling me Fairfax County is closing virtual schooling for an inch of snow. Huh? Now, it's... <laughs> Nothing should close for an inch of snow, but I get I'm from the desert. Uh, You got summer tires on year round because you want that extra performance and that doesn't exactly work in the snow. Know what I mean? So anyway, yeah, uh, we do anticipate that there will be typical snow days as we will, uh, as we have had in the past. How much taxpayer money do we spend? Okay. All right. Interesting. So basically the Fairfax County uh, school superintendent was saying, yeah, we anticipate that there's going to be typical snow days just like we've always had. But why? Why do you why do you need snow days anymore? This was one of those positive things that I felt could have come out of COVID is and for those of you who maybe you're watching on the live stream and you don't live in places where it snows. I'm from the desert, but I, I live where we have horrible snow now. Um, you know, it extends the school year. So you have a snow day, you have to make up that day at the end of the year. So instead of the kids going on, on summer vacation when they should normally go on summer vacation, they have to they have to add some of those days back. And it's different for every state. Um, and sometimes they're a little bit more forgiving and sometimes they're not. It just kind of depends on the year. So this can affect family vacation schedules and things of that nature. So this is a bit of a problem, but if you're, if you're going to be, you know, we have the ability to now do e-learning anytime you need to, why would there ever be a snow day if you can just do e-learning? What, what is, what, snow days technically should be a thing of the past just because we don't really have to worry about it anymore. So a bunch of people are kind of interested, you know, they're, they're talking about this, but um, somebody found the actual documents for the 
the school system. Like I said, I know that this doesn't affect any of you in the listening audience here in Michiana, but this is something that could potentially affect us, depending on policies going forward with our local school systems. Uh, Dear FCPS staff and community, as many of you know, snow is in the forecast this week. We will utilize additional approaches for observing snow days during the 2020-2021 inclement weather season. These approaches include both synchronous instruction, teacher-led, and asynchronous instruction, independent. I mean, a kid just does their own work. That depends on the grade level. If conditions are warranted, we do anticipate that there will be typical snow days as we have had in the past. As with any inclement weather event, each one is very different than the other, and they can present unique challenges for our student staff and community. (laughs) There's a ton of parents out there going, wait a minute, what? What are you talking about? Um... Well, the teachers union in Fairfax County has been fighting to continue e-learning. So maybe this has something to do with the teacher's contract. I don't know. I'm not sure. But parents are furious that there will still be snow days. There's no reason to have a snow day. You're at home anyway. Got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So this guy in Texas has been arrested for meth and heroin trafficking. He happened to be somebody whose sentence was commuted by President Obama. Uh, So, I mean, there's that. Hilario Nieto. He's 41 years old of San Antonio. He's among eight people indicted on charges of conspiracy to possess and distribute methamphetamine and heroin in the San Antonio area. So, there you go. He was sentenced to 20 years in federal prison on drug charges back in 2004. He was supposed to have been released next year. Obama commuted his sentence in 2016. Uh, He was released in 2018. So there you go. He's out there. Am I blaming Obama for this? I mean, not necessarily. It's just that sometimes you do weird stuff when it comes to uh, commuting sentences and and it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. I, you know, so what was, what was the point of commuting his sentence? I, I don't, I don't quite get it. And I'm too lazy to dig up the sob story that, that led to it. I have to talk about this because I've been, uh, not in this situation, but I've been in a similar situation on an airline with a two-year-old who was absolutely losing her mind, okay? Um, I'm sure that many of you have seen the story about the family that was kicked off of the airplane because the two-year-old would not wear the mask, right? Keep in mind, kids rarely spread the virus. They're generally not susceptible to the virus. The younger, the better. So anyway... Um, except for infants, obviously. So this video went around. Um, this woman, I think, is it Lees? I think that's her name. So she she goes on Instagram. We just got kicked off of the flight because our two-year-old would not comply 
and put on a mask. So they got booted off of the flight. Well, Senator Ted Cruz is weighed in. In what universe does this make any sense? A two-year-old child? And then he shared the video. Obviously, a lot of people have have commented on it and posted about it. And uh, people who have never encountered a two-year-old who's having a tantrum out there going, just control your kid. Yeah, okay. You don't control a two-year-old. It's just the best you can do with a two-year-old who's losing their their marbles is to limit the amount of damage. (laughs) That's all you can do. Now, I've been in a similar situation before, and, of course, they, they post a video. The kid was clearly upset. Uh, when Bree was two, we were on an airline flight, and, and we, she, at the end of the flight, that she had had enough? I mean, she might have been three. She might have been three years old. Uh, two or three. She had had enough. She was done. And that's all there was to it. She was absolutely finished, and... They were not allowing her to sit with her mom. She had to sit with me. We were in a different spot on on the plane. So she had to sit with me. She desperately wanted her mom. They wouldn't do that. Um, They would not allow her to sit in in my lap or my wife's lap. Had to be sitting in in the seat. Had to have the buckle on. We were getting close to landing, but we weren't landing yet. And she was screaming at the top of her lungs. She was just, she was done. She was furious. I think her ears were starting to, to bother her at that point. So there was just, you know, there was just wasn't much she could do. There really wasn't much she can do. And we kept telling them, we know how to calm her down, but you're not letting us do it. And the airline crew didn't really care. But they were mad that she was making a fuss and a ruckus. There's just not much you can do. You know, parents know the little tricks to calm their kids down, but sometimes it doesn't work. Now, we weren't allowed to do the thing that would calm her down when she was having that tantrum. I don't know, obviously, this family or this kid, but, you know, she's two years old. And I'm, I'm sorry, you, you need to have some basic common sense here. A two-year-old is not going to get on an airline flight and wear their mask the entire time. Just not going to happen. That is something that you're going to have to you have to adjust your policies for if it's really an issue for the airline. You don't require a two-year-old or a three-year-old or even a four-year-old to wear a mask for hours on end while they're on the flight. I don't know how long this flight was. I don't really care. It doesn't really matter. They're not going to do it. it. Late fours, you could probably start getting some kids to do it. My four-year-old's pretty good about it, even though she touches the mask all the time. She's always adjusting it because it bothers her, but she'll keep it on now. Um, but you're just, you're just not going to get a two-year-old to do that. You're not. So as an airline, if you want to ban kids from flying, okay, that's one thing. Or if you want to make alternate arrangements for children, that's, that's another thing too. But you know, this, this notion that everybody has to be kicked off of a flight because the two-year-old is having a tantrum, uh, there's, you know, nothing that can be done about it. It's just, it's preposterous, but this is the type of stupid asinine thinking that people have right now. And everybody's overly afraid of stuff. And you know, if you're that afraid, don't fly. Not that hard. Relative was supposed to come visit us for Christmas. Not coming. A little nervous. They're in the risk category. Fine. I get it. I understand that. Make the choice for yourself. If you're that afraid, as I said yesterday, keep your butt home and keep your mouth shut. There's other people that have lives to live. There's no no reason to force a two-year-old to wear a mask on an airline flight. The percentage of two-year-olds who would actually accommodate that while awake and not asleep, minuscule. 
almost statistically insignificant. Got more coming up. Oh, oh, oh here's what we're going to talk about next. You ready for this? So the top guy at the WHO might be facing genocide charges, and it has nothing to do with COVID. We'll talk about that next on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I've got to tell you about allnaturalcbd.org. True story. Got a phone call from a relative last night. Casey, I need another bottle of the CBD lotion, 1,000 milligrams lavender. And the, uh, the person who comes by here to help at the house is also extremely interested in trying it after hearing me rave about the stuff. Can you send an extra bottle? And the tincture drops. Yeah, okay, I can do that. It's the perfect stocking stuffer for somebody who maybe they're difficult to, to shop for. You know, it's this is a high-quality lotion, which will soothe, it will moisturize your skin like any high-quality lotion will, but it's got full-spectrum CBD in it. And that full-spectrum CBD is it's a it's a painkiller i mean it's just it's just phenomenal stuff uh we talked about how i've used it for my neck on a repeated basis multiple relatives use this regularly when nothing else would work i've got co-workers doing the same thing hundreds of listeners probably thousands but i don't know for sure hundreds of listeners i do know for sure use allnaturalcbd.org lotion they use it uh, if you are interested in, in getting the CBD e-liquid and vaping it, uh, you can do that. I use that to calm down. Uh, they also have the tincture drops, which are the CBD oil that you put underneath your tongue. You let it sit there for a little bit and you swallow it. That stuff is phenomenal too. But it really just kind of depends on on what you're, you're dealing with. Uh, if you've got a dog out there that maybe has some joint pain, they've got dog treats, they've got bath bombs, they've got all sorts of great products at allnaturalcbd.org that would be perfect for the holidays. Go to allnaturalcbd.org and use my promo code KC10. Save 10%. Promo code KC10 at allnaturalcbd.org. All right. What else do we have here? Oh, yeah. World Health Organization chief uh, may have committed genocide in Ethiopia. There's been a lot of rumors about this dude for some time now. And for those of you who, who don't know, obviously, he hasn't been at the World Health Organization his entire life. He's got a previous life where there's some controversy. The head of the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, I don't know how to say his name. And I don't really care to pronounce it correctly. So if you feel the need to send me a pronunciation, do it. I, whatever. I don't like the guy. He faces a call for prosecution over his alleged involvement in directing security forces in his Ethiopian homeland. According to the Times of London, an American economist nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize, David Steinman, has accused the 55-year-old career bureaucrat of being one of three officials in control of the Ethiopian security forces from 2013 to 2015. Okay. Tedros was the country's health minister from 2005 to 2012 it was his foreign minister until 2016 that was when his his communist uh party um was the main member of the ruling coalition now for those of you who are hearing wait a minute the head of the who is a communist um welcome to the show you must be new here yes he's a communist 
and he worked with the TPLF, which was the, uh, the Tigray People's Liberation Front. That is the communist group that controlled Ethiopia. He was a member. Analysts reportedly, including American government officials, have listed the TPLF in the Global Terrorism Database, which, for the record, is a great resource for all of you. The Times of London says Steinman, the American economist and campaigner nominated for the Peace Prize last year, lodged the complaint at the International Criminal Court in The Hague. So this is the ICC. He alleged that the head of the WHO, Tedros, quote, was a crucial decision maker in relation to security service actions, including killing, arbitrarily detaining, and torturing Ethiopians. Again, not the first time that these allegations have been made, but maybe new to all of you who don't pay attention to the WHO outside of a pandemic, which, for the record, I don't blame you, okay? Uh, the complaint to prosecutors at the ICC comes after General Burhanu Yula, Ethiopia's army chief of staff, called last month for the WHO leader to resign. He accused him of trying to procure weapons for the Tigray region, where the Ethiopian army is fighting local forces. So the head of the WHO has been accused by a general in Ethiopia of trying to procure weapons for his communist allies in Ethiopia. While the head of the WHO, a communist, did the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party at the beginning and throughout this pandemic. I know it writes itself like a conspiracy novel, but it's all true. So the head of the WHO may very well have committed genocide in Ethiopia. And he is, air quote, in charge of telling all of you how to save your own skin. And nobody on social media is going to do anything to go against the WHO because the WHO is infallible in spite of its long, rich history of making huge, huge, major mistakes, especially when it comes to pandemics and epidemic allegations, many of which they've had to apologize for uh, at a later date. So there you go. That's the head of the WHO, accused of genocide. More coming up, 95.3 MNC.